All righty, we're back at the Man About Town podcast. My name's Aaron Goodwin. Hello, hello. I don't have a sponsor anymore. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, hit me up. Perfect spot. Right here, I would say, brought to you by. And then I would go on about how great you are. And anyway, if you'd like to sponsor the program, feel free to hit me up. But you're here at the Manteca podcast, which I call the Man About Town, and it tributes great Mantecans. And this week... I want to tell you about the Willis family who got their start in Stockton and where dad Jerry Dean Willis, the first senior, was a bar operator. His young sons were trained in the fine art of lawn care at a young age and detailing cars by Jerry Dean Sr. Years later, friends would talk of the skills those young men learned so many years ago, and I say that in jest. My guest played under all of the great football coaches at MHS, and then a marketing and business class sent home an assignment to start a business on paper. And for this college student MHS graduate, he did that homework and on paper designed a sports bar. Those were the new type of bars that people were building in the late 80s. A Brighton place with a lot going on, a lot of decoration and things like that. You know, now there's a lot of them. And these days, they all appear to be on steroids compared to one of the originals, I'm sure, in the state at that time. And that's the reason I picked this gentleman, to be on the show. He and his father went around many cities, scouted out different bars and locations. They were doing research on taking that dream from a piece of paper, making it work, bringing it into fruition. They decided to build a new club in Manteca. The club was named Rocco's. And it's based on a nickname given to the owner by some college friends after a couple of butt whippings that he put on some folks at maybe a party, a couple of fights. Rocco stuck all these years later. After a terrible fire gutted and killed the place, the owner, you'll hear, reinvented himself. He is nowhere near bringing a bar back at his age now. When he was 26, he said, no problem. You're going to find out in the show what he's been up to, the story of the inception of Rocco's, and the life of my guest. Jerry Dean Willis Jr., or as you may know him, J.D. Willis, proprietor of Rocco Sports Bar. He's put in the time here. He's a community guy. That's the reason I'm here with J.D. He's going to tell us about his life. I know I'm a little jaded, but this is going to be a great podcast. So settle in, adjust your headphones, and here comes the story of J.D. Willis and the legend of Rocco's on this week's Man About Town podcast. gets harder to play every time I play it. My finger's tired. <laughs> well, he gets up every morning from his alarm clock's warning. Then he drives to Lodi, you know the city. The bell rings up above and the kids be pushing and shoving because no one wants to be late for Jerry. It's what he loves at this time and I continue my rhyme about J.D. Willis and his story. He used to run the bar in Manteca, not afar, and he worked real hard every day. And he was taking care of business at Rocco's, taking care of business. That's where he met his wife, taking care of business. Yeah, that fits. Give me some room. J.D. Willis might do the splits. Come on. Oh, watch out. Don't break something. 
wrong with you. <laughs> that, hmm, and see, you know, it's even worse that the allergies are kicking up and I destroyed that perfect song yeah. and I just completely yeah. screwed it up. I apologize. No, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, that song's been with me for a long time. But that was in no uh, way, shape, or form close to the version you're used to. You're used to. <laughs> yeah. All I can do is apologize. Right, right. Sure. All righty. So first off, where am I in town right now? It, what do they call this? Is there a system subdivision of some sort? Does it have a name? Oh, uh, it's just an old, the, the townhouses, you know, or the patio homes, I think this is what they used Sun to West. call yeah. Sun West, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that, something yeah. Like, yeah. We're by... Yeah. It's like a park and rec or something. Yeah, right by the police department. And uh, you let me into your house, uh, trusting man. First off, we know that. Tell everybody exactly who you are. Well, my name is J.D. Willis. I'm pretty much a lifelong resident of the Valley here. Been in Manteca most of my life. As a boy, we bounced back and forth from here in Stockton and went to high school here in town. Left for a while. Went to college in uh, the East Bay after I was at JC for a couple years. uh, Came back home, opened up a business. Some of you guys might remember Rocco's had that for a few years. That's the reason you're in here. It's not going to be because of your uh, athletic prowess or any of those things, (laughs) even though those all meld together to be you in the end. uh, Sure. You you are yeah. Rocco's. Yeah, I'm Rocco's. Yeah. <laughs> J.D. Willis. Jerry Dean Willis. Yeah. Junior. I was junior for a long time. Yeah. He called you junior, actually. When he I does. To yeah, he does. Yeah. My dad does. Yeah. Yep. You were the proprietor of Rocco's, which That's was a, a watering hole in town. Is uh, It was yep. one of the better ones. It was uh, it had its own crowd. It was a Manteca good hangout. Yours was a new thing in 19 when? 89. In 1989. In June. It was actually uh, a project in my senior year of college. Uh, I had a marketing class and I had to come up with a business. My dad had always been in the bar business, you know, up till when I was, I think, 10 or 11, he started. So it was something I knew. Well, when I went to uh, the Bay Area and, and was going to college, we'd come, I'd come back and I'd see some of my buddies and we'd always hang around town sometimes. And there just wasn't, you know, it was the, there was a lot of old bars that everybody's familiar with, I'm sure. Um, but to go out and dancing and all those things, uh, I think there was like a country western bar. It might have been like Desert Rose or whatever. Out on Moffat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we used to head to uh, Modesto or sometimes Stockton. And so that, that senior year in that class, I had to come up with a project. And uh, I just said, you know, the barrier, you go out there, it was a little different. And I just thought I came up with a sports bar. I pitched it to my teacher. My teacher gave me a good grade and I let my dad read it. My dad, probably one of the only papers my dad ever read. And he was like, wow, this is a pretty good idea. And it took a couple of years and uh, he th- showed it around to a couple of people and that's kind of how it got started. So when I first came and we did it, you know, we, and it, the hard part was just trying to find a place, you know, trying to find the place. My dad to this day will probably tell you we should have did it at Chuck E. Cheese. That's was for years I heard that we should have did it at Chuck E. Cheese. Wait, 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 wait. It wasn't. It was King Richards. It was after King it was Chuck E. Cheese. I DJ there at <laughs> King Richards for Dick You're Cross. Correct. But my dad would never call it King Richards. He always called okay. it Chuck E. Cheese. All right. And it was available, but. We ended up finding this uh, other spot in that uh, Town Square shopping center and ended up being a pretty decent place for us, you know. At that time, there was a happy stake there. Uh, yeah. There was a guarantee, no, guarantee savings or bank of there, you know, docked, and there was a bank there. The, and Richard J had a shoe shop, and Tony's yeah. Pizzeria was there, and uh, the, the Chinese food. You know, that's and just across the that field didn't have the car. The car wash was there, maybe ladder. Yeah, uh, well, there was no, yeah. there was no uh, blocks, right? Because right, right, you could right. go right through to the house. Right. So that place was just a sure a quick yeah, jump. So yeah. 
Yeah, your mom would have made it a lot faster over there once in a while. Well, she went to senior campus first, and then <laughs> yeah. that went over to the Jade Garden yeah. after that yeah. when they moved. Rubens, it was El Bandito. Sure, was sure, all those things. All yeah. of those things in that area. Well, I remember that shopping center. I, I As far back as I remember, I remember there was like a Pioneer Chicken in there. And then I remember- I'm I think, tied to all of that Yeah, stuff. I think uh, Frank Gwena had a business back in the back. And when we moved in there, there was a El Burro, which was a Mexican yeah. restaurant. After that was Tony's there. Pizza. Yeah, and then even Michael's. Uh, Michael had a, 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 yeah, he had a jewelry shop back in there. It was and there awesome. was a, a women's fitness place. There I was. What it was called it's Trim and Tone. Something else before that. They didn't open. Oh, I'm not sure. I remember it was Trim something and Tone. else. Yeah, that's. I remember Trim and Tone. I'm probably going back to the yeah, '82 and you're, you know. Yeah, before I was there. You know what's interesting about June of '89 uh, is mm-hmm. I just started working at Isidore's for mm-hmm. Elite Entertainment mm-hmm. and yep. found myself DJing right in the Rocco's right. right. Um, Playing that hip hop, yeah, uh, yeah. turn the, play some Motown. I know that was your mom and dad probably yeah, in there. Go, you probably sure, better play sure. something a little. Yeah, some hey, rock. I was just a little bit ahead of my time, yeah. you know. You, yeah. you hear what it's become, All right? I'm part of the reason, man. Right. I was part of that movement. I don't know if I was doing right or not, but <laughs> there was only some writing on the wall back sure, then. Sure, sure. Tell me about your dad. He told me that you guys went and drove all around and took in a lot of different bars and looked at them. And was it he or your idea to make sure that there was a focal line straight through that didn't impede the people that were shooting pool or your dance floor or any of those things? That was uh, something for success he wanted you to take into consideration as you guys were scouting. Right. We were going through, we looked at a lot of different places. I mean, we were, we went up to, we were in North Stockton for a bit up there off Kelly Drive uh, before it was, you know, what Kelly Drive is now. Um, (laughs) Easy. (laughs) Easy. Easy. Uh, Well, it's just (laughs) a little fermented. Easy. No, but we went there. We went to to different places and looked. I think we we might have ventured out to Oakdale a couple of times, different things, just kind of look in different places. That's right. And, uh, but... You know, the going back to the project was always something that I wanted to bring home because when me and my friends would go out, you know, it was tough. You, you, you had to go out of town and nobody wants to go out of town. You know, we wanted to stay home and wanted something that everybody could enjoy. In the 80s, violence started happening on the cruise and right. that probably bolstered up people right. staying right. and not going right. out to those to, right. to McHenry. Or to, right. I apologize. For, <clears throat> the wind has been blowing around yeah. in my house, yeah, man. Yeah, mm. Your dad, one of your heroes. Definitely. Uh, my dad uh, growing up was always, my dad's a hustler, always been a hustler. Even if you go back and uh, were able to talk to my grandparents or even my grandma specifically, she would talk about how my dad would hustle. He'd go down and buy uh, Dale donuts and he'd sell them on the street and my dad's always known how to make money that's the one thing i always proud of him i mean you can look at me as a kid i don't think you're ever going to find a skinny picture of me we were always fed we always clothes on our back we always had a roof over our head my dad my dad was a big piece of that um he wasn't you know i consider myself more of a, a coach now that i've been doing it for such a long time but my dad wasn't ever into that part of it he uh was into the business part of it, and that was his thing. Let's bring him into the show. My name's Jerry Dean Willis Sr. <laughs> I'm uh, the father of J.D. Willis. Well, he was born in 1963, I know that. <laughs> what else I true? He was a very good son. He's a good son. I wouldn't trade him for the world. Your papa's lost a little bit of weight. He's yeah. got some health stuff going on. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still that funny guy, though. He's still a great sense of humor. I, I enjoy his sense of humor. Always have. He's one of those hot and cold guys. You know, either he's 
running high or he's he's cold and he enjoys I, certain people he, he he's really an acquired taste he said you're sort of hot and cold too yeah maybe i get a little bit of that from him but i tell you he 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 loves my wife and he every time i talk to him he's got to tell me hey tell sue i said hi that's his thing <laughs> gamer yeah that's him yeah. <laughs> you got a personal memory dad one time when i got out of the hospital i got weak in the shower and my old lady hollered because I was passed out. I had too hot of water. He came and grabbed me and threw it on, threw me on the bed. Called the ambulance. He had to cover me up with my my privates because everybody in the whole neighborhood was in the house. So that was a good memory of him saving me on that part. When I told him what to do, he always did it. If uh, his friends came over and they wanted to go play basketball or baseball or football did his chores that's one thing is good he always did what he was supposed to do is that true and a little bit of what you weren't supposed to do once in a while <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah that uh he, he's a he's a uh, another part of my father and maybe some about me and my brother is he and my dad's very stubborn so he was told not to get in that shower because it was so close to that major operation that he, he didn't had. tell that part of the story no, did he he wasn't supposed no. to get in there and it was and, you know we were out in the back you know doing our chores like he said and I, I was in the back weeding and uh i heard my mom screaming and I went up there and you know um i probably got five vivid memories of my father <laughs> in the buff but that was one of them him standing in that shower and um my mom was just oh beside herself she i couldn't get her to calm down and my brother had to call 911 and funny thing was he said he covered me up and what he did was he when i when i leaned over uh he whispered in my ear and he says junior cover me up <laughs> and i thought he was like oh my gosh he's gonna have it's his last breath or something and he was like cover me up <laughs> didn't want no one seeing this province he said <laughs> that's right that's right hey dad why is your son a treasure to manteca well we built the rocco's i built rocco's he always belonged to the Chamber of Commerce. He belonged to this. I didn't know that he had as many friends as he does. I mean, people liked him. Older people, younger people, you know, because he was a good talker. He uh, talked and treated people right. I wish I was half he was. The uh, hanging around in a bar. Right. Uh, you're always as a youth hanging around with right, older right, people. Right. Much like uh Aaron right you know all my right. friends my friends was Chief Taylor and right, uh, right. all of those people yeah. around a table playing cards sure. you know having highballs sure. at my mom's yeah you're the same so you have a kindred spirit for older people definitely uh, definitely yeah for that reason I'm guessing my dad owned a, a neighborhood bar and most of the customers at that time are older gentlemen and I remember just sitting there and just listening to their stories and they were very interesting to me and uh so when we when we moved, to, and my dad said something about I could talk. My dad can talk. My dad can talk anybody. Else. Sit down. He told me sit down, and I'm like I am not going to sit yeah. down. I got to get home. Yeah, I got a show to do. Well, he and he doesn't know about call waiting or anything like that. So and when you were trying to call him today, I'm sure he was talking to somebody on the phone. So yeah, no, but he, um, yeah, I think. And then when we opened the bar. Um, there was one part, Aaron, over the years. I mean, it was 22 years we were open, and I had a lot of great customers that used to come in, and I enjoyed all of them. And there were certain specific times of the day that certain people would come in. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, we lost a couple. And I asked him, I said, how do you do that? How do you know? Because you've been in a long time, and you, and you get these customers, that, and they, they become part of your life. You know, every day they come in, and they see you and stuff. And um, he said, you just got to keep going you know it just kind of that's what we do and uh it was tough i lost one of my 
best friends from that bar uh, the year the bar burned down, about three months before. And that was, that was, that hurt. And then, uh, you know, my dad taught me from early on to take care of the bar like he, he would explain. It was take care of it like it's your 16-year-old daughter. And you take care of her and make sure nobody else is messing with her. So, well, it's like radio. You're protecting a license. Right. I mean, everything that, about That's it, a big thing. Right. I mean, you're protecting a license yeah. in the end. The first five years, I don't think I went, I went anywhere. I think it was there every day. My job as a program director at the radio station was not to... I mean, in addition to right. hiring the people, picking right. the music, fi- right. whatever needs to operating uh, above all of the managerial people right. below to run right. the radio station. Right. Number one, protect the license. Right, right. And that's your, 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 the, you're the ABC of right. your own club. Right. You self-police. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all that stuff. And then taking, taking care of your customers, making sure they're happy, taking care of your employees which I found over the years was the main thing. Cause those are the people that are drawing people to the bar when you're not there. And I think that was the most important piece. And the saddest thing about anything that happened with that bar, especially the last few years was the crew that I had working were just tremendous. I just, Oh my gosh, I, I was so devastated because it was like, it just broke up the family and they were, they were like family to me. They were so close. I could trust them with my 16 year old daughter, so to speak. That's why you ran me out of there. <laughs> I asked your dad to tell me one of the many funny stories because I could just tell the way the guy talks. That I said, tell me a funny story. Do you want to guess what story it is? He's got so many. It's tough. If he, does it have to do with me? <laughs> I always jumped his ass because I said, you got to chew your food. The man inhaled. He was an inhaler. I damn, he could finish his food way before any of us got finished. And then like one time... My wife made pork chops. Well, she just made enough, just like two a piece. Well, there was one extra pork chop on the on the plate, and all of a sudden, you could see JD and my other boy. They were fa- hurrying up eating because they wanted that second and that third, the one that's sitting on the plate. I knew what they wanted, so what I did is I went and stuck my finger. In my nose, and I went like that all over the pork chop. <laughs> Pretty soon, my youngest son hollered, Mom, look what Dad's doing. Well, in the meantime, I said, No, I wasn't. <laughs> JD grabbed the pork chop and ate it anyway. <laughs> he didn't give a shit if I, I spit on it or whatever. He said, He's getting that pork chop. <laughs> and that's just the truth. <laughs> I don't quite remember it exactly like that. Well, we'll have to let your brother tell that when he gets, when he gets yeah, up here. Yeah, because uh, I'm guessing. It was a great story, and it's one that we still retell, but the, the his finger in the nose was not what happened. What he, was it? He licked his finger. He, he stuck his finger in his mouth. Scott's not right. That, not Scott, that Scott, it was any different, but picking in the nose is a little bit different. Scott's got the right version. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he does. Another one is, I shouldn't say it, but when they were teenagers instead of them wandering around drinking beer all over the place i bought him a keg of beer my wife made food he was going to have a party pool because we had the pool in the back well i had these my screens were all tinted brown all not silver you know like a lot of them have well anyway i told jd i says hey i want you to clean these screens take the screens off to clean the windows and this and that well i guess one of his friends brian walked out 
from the bathroom coming out of the, and knocked the screen all the way into the pool. Well, finally they got it fixed. They straightened it out. They said, oh, my dad's going to kill me. Because they were special order, these, the, the, the bronze around the, so anyway, I went like this and I went and uh, all of a sudden he goes and uh, they fixed it. They put it up. Another one knocks it into the goddamn pool. See, the screen was shut, but they walked right through it. They didn't see it was closed. This time, they really was da- it was damaged. Well, these guys, I didn't know they did this. I was out there cleaning the pool up and this and that. And all of a sudden, I looked. And I said, what the shit? What's that screen? He said, what the God shit? Damn, I told him to screen, uh, clean the screens, but not to clean the whole goddamn shit off of it. Look, look at it. So I said, I don't want you touching the screens no more because he never did tell me. I never knew it until after they got older and they told me that. that is that. They had stole it from another house and replaced it on your house. Yes. And the color didn't match. Uh, that one. <laughs> Mom told that one, so don't try to say that nah, that one's going to be. Yeah, well, we, it was, it was, uh, they were building houses, so Who was we it? found one. Who was it? Richie Perez, I think, was one, and uh, uh, Brian Salee was another. Yeah. Oh, he said Brian. I, yeah, someone yeah. mentioned Brian on something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, I think that was my 18th birthday party. <laughs> go on, Dad. Yeah, we'd always go football games. We never missed a football game when he was in college. So I went and we drove all the way down there to watch him play. It'd be raining or it just done rain. They're all dirty out there in the field. So my old lady used to tell me, why don't we go, uh, J.D. wants you down down, down there. I said, no, 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 I'll wave to him up here. I know what he wanted, uh, some money or something like that. Well, every time it cost me a few dollars uh, to give him because he wanted it. Or just like one time he came home and, you know, the, uh, it was in the winter time and he had already took my my truck just to drive it before you know it he owned it i had to give it well pretty soon my wife would say you know jd don't have no money but he got to get some tires because they're kind of on the ball side so i said well i told them when they buy it they got to take care of their own tires and all that well then i started getting thinking about man if he goes home on the Altamont and gets it I, then I blame me so I took his truck down and got tires on the damn thing <laughs> when we talked earlier today that guy remembers a lot of things and they say that about you yeah I've he, heard that he, too very good at uh, another thing is I used to tell <laughs> both of them be a kid as long as you can nothing wrong with being a grown-up yeah be a kid enjoy do what everything well right. pretty soon they got older and older and older and I said you know, I think that kid shit should run <laughs> off. I mean, let's let this thing die. I mean, you got to grow up some guy. But like I said, uh, you couldn't ask you for, yeah, I don't think anybody could ask for a better person. Yeah. He's always took care of his friends. He's always took care of older people. He respected older people, you know, yeah. you know that I know of <laughs> and what I've heard from a lot of older people. You know, even when I was younger, I yeah. I taught him when he was five years old, teaching him how to cut the lawn. And I taught him exactly how to cut a lawn and work in them bushes. Like I said, that a kid could do anything, you know, if he wanted to. Right. And like, I'm, I'm so happy the way, the way he turned out. He was more interested in working with kids, with the football and this and that. That's where I'm the most proudest. When I hear good things about him, you know, uh, you know, and, and and his friends, I mean, they're all been, they're still buddies of his, 
you know, he'll probably get a little mad at them or they'll get a little mad, but they still are still buddies. I wish I was more like him. He he gets he got a temper, but he don't have a temper. In other words, he knows how to con- almost can control it. You know what I mean? That's one thing. <laughs> he said almost. I did make in this world. Is I'm glad I got him as a as my son. Yeah, he's a he's a special guy. You know that kid thing. Like he said, the thing I remember he used to always tell us that me and my buddies, and uh, I think sometimes that goes back to him and my mom having me at such a young age at 18 and not getting to do all the things. So he's always, you know, making sure that we were uh, enjoying everything that we had the opportunity to do. Cause I don't, I'm not saying that I don't think he would take anything back. Um, but he was a very, like I said before, he's a very hard worker and he'll tell you about the three jobs he had when I was a baby and all the different things that he did and sacrificed for me and, you know, my brother and my mom, it was He's, he's always, that work ethic is always, for me, has carried on um, through when I was playing sports and as a coach and in the bar and um, now as um, working with um, special need kids. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that I've, I've just learned from him and my mom. Jerry, is there anything that you'd like to say to your son that you may have never told? Well, I never told him that I love him. I never told him that... Uh, he's the best father could have as a son. You know, I wouldn't trade him for the world. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, my dad, um, us growing up, it was kind of a tough love thing. I don't know that I could count on one hand how many times I heard him tell me he loved me, but um, as we've gotten you know, older and as we're traveling the road we are now, we do said a lot more. But I always knew he, it was the way that he showed it to us, I think, that I knew that he did. You know, like I said, I wasn't starving, uh, even though we were fighting over a pork chop. Uh, we weren't starving, and we didn't have we didn't go for uh, neat clothes. We always had good shoes on, and we always had a nice place to stay. So uh, that's that was him. Who's next? Hi, my name is Sally Willis. I am JD's mom and head of the house. Oh, <laughs> everything is true about JD. When he tells you something, you know it's true. When he's excited, oh, he's excited. But he's the very honest person. That's your mom. How yes, tall? Sir. He's about Three, f- yeah. four foot. <laughs> that short people song came out a long time ago. He's kind of teaser about it. But my mom, she's about 4'10". Right now, she's working over uh, at that uh, the, um, the little McParland uh, school over there. And oh, okay. I think she likes it because the most of the kids right there around her size. So she feels, she <laughs> She's skying over him. Yeah, she feels tall. Hey, mom, how about a personal memory? When JD was little, till the time he graduated to this time, he makes friends or his friends for life. They have fun. They do good things, and they have fun and they're friends forever. Why is he a treasure to Manteca? Because we had a bar business here, and he was good. We lost it during a fire, but then JD became a special ed teacher, and that's awesome. And he's principal at a school. Go on, Sally. When J.D. was 18, we had a party at the house. We, His dad and I left, and his friends were there. Here we go. One of his friends walked through the screen door and broke it. So they didn't want us to be upset. So don't know who. Somebody went and borrowed a door frame, a screen from a house that they were building. And they said, oh, that's good. A couple of days later, his dad was out in the backyard and he goes, Sally, why are all the screens black and the door is gray? What happened? I said, oh, I don't know. But that was the end of that. Did they come and say, hey, what's going on? And he just thought you washed color off of it. 
And then you guys never told him until you were older. <laughs> we didn't tell him he was older. He was like, dang, JD, I told you to clean this because my dad, he said it earlier, you know, when I was five, I was mowing a lawn. Yeah. Uh, I think when we, for me and my brother learned how to walk, we were crawling in flower beds, pulling weeds. <laughs> but um, there was a specific way you wash the car. And there was a specific way you clean the windows and you pulled the screens and you brushed them with the brush with the Ajax and you squirted them off. And that was, that was a weekly chore. And we, and I, you know, our whole life, we always wanted a pool. And when we moved to Manteca, my dad was able to afford to put a pool in. (laughs) You thought, oh, great. And then it was so great. And the way that he (laughs) built that house, it had all these windows on the back and that dang pool suite that we called Elmer. He called it Elmer. He used to spit that water up on those windows. And I think, gosh, I got to clean those windows again. But yeah. The hose dragging behind yeah, go wild. And yeah. Go yeah. That's but old he was, school. He was so, yeah, he was like, dang, I showed him how to do these screens. He rubbed them too hard. And uh, yeah, we had to tell him later that that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> Say something to him, mom. He's a very honest person. Like I said, he, he likes school. He's good with the kids special kid needs he's there for them and he can handle them he's always said that if i can handle the bar people and i am a coach at saint mary's for the last 20 some years i can handle special ed kids and he does he's great at it yeah i kind of compare the two sometimes yeah uh, except for my kids are more consistent you know those uh, (laughs) drunks are a little different so go ahead mom final thought when he's your friend he's your friend he's my son he's my son and he's your brother he's got one brother and we got a family and i love it when we're together and jd's there and he does all the barbecuing so that's a good part (laughs) thanks mom yeah, your mom's a crack. My wife worked with your mom at the bank for yeah, a lot of years. You know, a lot of people. It's kind of like my brother. Uh, they tell me, "Oh, I knew your mom when she worked at Bank America, or <laughs> you know, American Savings and stuff." Or I seen your brother. You know, he's mm-hmm. a water guy, and so and they both have that kind of that personality. You know, my brother's a little more gruff. Uh, in person, but when he's selling, you know, Scott can sell. I always tell the people, my brother can sell water to a drowning man. Yeah, <laughs> he's really good at what he does. Hi, this is Scott Willis. I'm J.D. Willis's brother. My job title, been a reserve firefighter for the city of Manteca for 29 years, and I have worked for Alhambra Water for 32 years. What I know to be true of my brother, the good and the bad as uh, siblings go, uh, there's just me and him and uh, our little family. He's my older brother, really good guy, as most, most people know. He's always an awesome big brother, would always... Uh, be there for you if need be. What's a personal memory for you, Scott? Growing up, uh, we lived in Stockton for a while, for about six, seven years. Uh, Most of our lives, me and my brother were in uh, Manteca. He was always there for me, always looked out for me. Anyone that knows me and my brother knows that he's about twice the size of me. Incredible athlete, my brother was. Great coach. Uh, me and my brother are about two and a half years in difference in age. Most of our friends are mutual friendships with uh, each other. Um, some of my friends from back in the day are now his good friends as well as his with mine. Scott, why is he a treasure? Well, uh, my brother's a treasure to Manteca because uh, we've pretty much grown up here. Rocco's uh, gave a lot of, uh, when that bar opened up, Rocco's uh, gave a lot of people 
through the, I'd say, what was it, uh, about 20 years, he had provided a, 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 a place for friends and soon-to-be friends of ours to go to. This includes people from out of town. It was uh, a good social place <laughs> for the people in town. I personally know about three or four couples that actually uh, got married. One, my friend Roger, got married there at the bar. He was always one to donate for all causes throughout town. It wasn't just uh, to make a dollar, obviously. It was to to give back to the community that he uh, grew up in. He thinks you're two times his size. I wouldn't want to see the two of you wrestle because that guy's been hugging water yeah. bottles around. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. seems like he's yeah, probably. You know, my dad, uh, my brother, excuse me, uh, is a lot like my dad when he's uh, he's very diligent on his routine. He, uh, he, I think he lifts weights every day. Anybody's, anybody seen the weight room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's him. That's he, he, he's done that. Uh, forever marine though too right he is marine yeah scott <laughs> yeah. is a marine scott grad- graduated from the marines and i think he was about 135 pounds he went at 139 pounds he, he lost about four pounds and he's just this you know gruff you know tough guy you know he's like the chicken hawk you know the, from, from the foghorn leghorn my brother was always you know the tough guy and uh Did you have is. to bail him out Every once in a while, you know, I, I the one time I remember him and uh, uh, another one of his friends got in trouble at school and something happened, and I had to go down there and I got to st- I, I I got to meet uh, see Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, if you remember him, he Bill was, Jones, yes, sure. and a uh, wonderful man, and uh, and Scott, you know, they called the house and I answered and I went down there and talked to Mr. Jones and. Mr. Jones being Mr. Jones, a nice guy, yeah. uh, we kind of let Scott out, <laughs> get out of his, because uh, uh, he could have gotten a lot of trouble. But, um, yeah, I, I do remember that. You know, Scott was a little bit wild uh, with his buddies and stuff. He was a, he was a little bit different than me. Than well, there's a everybody. kettle calling though. Yeah. yeah. No, Scott, 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 I mean, I think if you if you talked about it, him and my dad were more like each other in that respect. And, me, and my mom, I was, I was a little bit more reserved. Uh, than, than my brother. My brother is, uh, he, you know, he's different. Let's get funny, Scott. <laughs> uh, one come to mind, uh, back in high school, I had gotten, came home late. On a f- typical Friday, Saturday night, we would take off and leave my poor mother alone at home on a Friday night. And uh, uh, we would get home, always knowing, for the most part, when my dad would uh, head home. We never wanted to catch him at the same time because we were uh, participated in uh, um, adult beverages even though uh, we weren't quite 21 yet. There. Go on. Like I had stated, my brother's a good-sized guy. Uh, I was smart enough to never uh, challenge my dad when he had had his share of brewskis. One night, it was about two in the morning, and uh, as uh, as normal, me and my brother both made it to our rooms before he had made it home. He pulled us down and was uh, standing over both of our bedrooms because our bedrooms were next to each other. We had water beds, and he would uh, always come in to test to see if we were awake. Of course we were, but we'd act like we were asleep. And he would hit that water bed, and we'd go flopping around only to keep our eyes closed. Well, this one particular morning, I should say, this was about 2.30 in the morning, he woke us up, told us to get our goddamn asses out of bed, He's eating a pickle and uh, screaming at my my brother to get up. 
and uh, continued to go downstairs. Was still eating that damn pickle, and he uh, he had to, you know, his boys were uh, getting a little older, and of course my brother's a good-sized guy. My dad's been drinking, so uh, he used to, from time to time, make us do uh, uh, arm wrestling. Whether I could beat my dad or not, I didn't dare try because uh, I wanted to sleep that night. While he's screaming at him, shoots out a pickle out of a part of a chunk of a pickle out of his mouth. So I seen what was happening. Needless to say, it was about seven in the morning. We're still up, and the arm wrestle and marathon went on till then. I don't know why that comes to mind, but that that's one of uh, one of the stories. And believe me, we have a lot a lot of stories. Uh, there's another one in Rocco's. It was a Halloween. These two brothers were causing problems in the bar. Supposed to stay out of it, but he he got outside. And even though uh, he probably didn't need the backup, I couldn't just go out not go outside with my brother, being that I knew there was more than one person out there. Uh, the, the story just goes as far as uh, police end up showing up in that big parking lot. Um, one of the cops stopped and tried to catch my brother. My brother happened to be Jabber Jaws. He was dressed as a shark for <laughs> Halloween. And you've seen, uh, so you seen this big old guy chasing after this guy at the end, beginning of the driveway, I should say, of the entrance of Rocco's. And I could remember seeing this shark suit with the, with the shark fin and everything running down the street. <laughs> Those are just a couple crazy stories yeah uh, you know he brings that back i think that was our first halloween party and uh i don't know if you guys know uh chris louis but i asked chris i was busy we were getting ready for our halloween party i asked him to get me something just kind of you know not flashy <laughs> it was your mistake out. asking right. chris louis yeah. in the first place he comes back with this shark asking head. gary louis wouldn't have been a bit yeah. or steve oh, louis my God. i don't think the three of them no. would have made a good decision it was, he brought you. that shark out and it was like i mean that thing i was probably about six five or so with that thing on it was crazy we didn't have a lot of money lived in a little duplex on the rich side of town in stockton went to my brother went to lincoln high and my brother play football he was playing freshman football for lincoln high i was in seventh grade me and my brother about two and a half years apart well for whatever reason he didn't have football practice one time i remember we were walking down alexandria walking to uh, it was about a mile and a half away to our little duplex that we were living in and uh we were walking the long way around, and uh, he's like, why the fuck are you, we going this way? And he was in ninth grade, I was in seventh grade, and I said, oh, you know, you, we, we don't want to go that way. There's just some guys and they, that harass me and my friends when we walk home. And he looked at me and goes, uh, what the fuck? He goes, your dad finds out, he'll, he'll beat your ass for that. He goes, don't, we're not going any other goddamn way but the, the shortest way. And sure enough, there was this kid named Pete, ah, not Pete Swingle, damn, he would have beat his ass in two seconds. Good-sized guy, I think he was a grade below my brother, but uh, he was big, he was bigger than my brother, and he intimidating guy, so uh, for me and my friends, we, we stayed, the, we, we went the long way around. Well, come to find out, he, uh, my brother told him, the guy stopped us and uh, said, who the fuck is this? And my brother said, who the fuck are you? I'm, I'm his brother. And he's like, well, I don't give a fuck who you are. You, you're going you, you're gonna to go a different way, otherwise you're going to get your ass beat. So uh, my brother said, fuck that, put down what he had in his hand. They, it was a damn good fight, but my brother beat his ass. 
Needless to say, uh, my short little legs, man, I got to walk, from that time on, I got to walk home the short way from school. What else, Scott? There was a serious, serious event that happened, um, and I didn't even know. Uh, didn't even realize it when it happened. I was home asleep. One of the firefighters that I knew with the Manteca Fire Department had called me about uh, 1.30 in the morning. My brother darn near died that night. Uh, he got stabbed uh, from some uh, guy that was kicked out of the bar. The only way I found out was fire department showed up, ambulance uh, took him to doctor's hospital, and I woke to a friend of mine at the fire department letting me know that uh, my brother was in serious condition. Um, as soon as I heard that, went down there, half the bar was there. Everyone was pretty distraught. That, as far as a serious thing, that was that was something that was um, my scariest moment as far as I goes. And the second would be, of course, when the bar burnt down, which was extremely hard for me and all our family. I don't know if I've ever really told my brother, but I honestly couldn't say I could ask for a better brother. Because truly, when we were kids, we were the best of friends. And uh, as you get older, sometimes you, you drift apart because of... Uh, your your immediate family and uh, sometimes uh, problems in your own family and Lord knows we've had those as well. But in the end, uh, I love my brothers as much as you could possibly love someone. Um, and I know he feels the same. I'm happy to see um, the man he's become because uh, we may have been raised by uh, the same parents, but um, in my eyes, I got a lot to uh, catch up on as far as the type of person he is. He has a lot of compassion, a lot of love, a lot of drive in him. He can be difficult, as we all can, but all I can say is he's a Willis. So um, if you know our family, then <laughs> he's turned out pretty darn good. <laughs> he's right. My mom, uh, to this day, still, even when we go out, even though we're, you know, I'm going getting up to be about 50-something years old, <laughs> and he's a couple years behind me, will say, hey, watch out for the baby or something. But that's been going back all the time since we were kids you sure. know and my brother tagged along you know whenever I'd go play baseball with my friends and I always tell him that that's how he got so much better at baseball than I was he was so much he was such a better baseball player much better baseball player than I was that's because he got all that practice who's next hi my name is Mick Founts hey, coach I'm proud to say that I was a teacher at Manteca High School and also the head football coach for a number of years uh, I later became the elected San Joaquin County Superintendent of Schools. I've known J.D. Willis since he was a sophomore, I believe, at Manteca High School. I remember the first day I met J.D. and his father. They were considering uh, where they were going to decide to place J.D. to go to high school because he was currently going to Lincoln High School, I think. And I was so happy that they chose to live in our portion of the district and that he would come to Manteca High School. J.D. was one of those guys that should have just been born and raised in Manteca. He had that that built-in tenacity, stick-to-itiveness character that so many of the great athletes that I was blessed to coach in Manteca had. Coach Founts. Ooh, coach Founce. heavy, heavy hitter on, on the dude, yeah. J.D. Willis podcast. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. He's always been that guy. I mean, the first time I seen the guy. Ain't that the truth? I mean, goodness. I mean, he was, he was just a, just a just 
big old guy that just uh, no nonsense guy that just kind of said everything you needed to be. I mean, he's he was everything that at that point that I needed to become a, a better athlete i mean and there's a bunch of people that have uh, said those exact same things on my on my podcast right i mean i came from lincoln and i remember a universal gym and i came to manteca and they had this weight room with these uh weights weights. i didn't know what the heck olympic weight was and the next you know i mean i was lifting he's and and everything was i told my grandson the other day because my grandson got the opportunity to meet him just uh not too long ago my grandson goes to East Union, and I told him, I said, hey, man, he put me through a, a leg workout one time. I sat in my car for 45 minutes afterwards. Uh, I think it was me and Jeff Tilton was in there. and I yeah. might have that story, actually. That might be coming <laughs> up from the coach. That was, something, that was something. You fooled him. <laughs> Since I was an offensive lineman and he was an offensive lineman for me, I'd always say that smartest guys on the field were offensive linemen. Yeah, in yeah. J.D.'s case, he was a, a really great student, and I think – a really great football player. I was able to follow him when he decided he was going to go on and, and play college football, and we had numerous discussions about that path and what that was going to lead to. And and one of the most important things of, you know, you want to play ball. All of us who played college ball know that it's a, it's a lot of fun, it's a lot of work, but it's, it's also uh, secondary, really, to the fact that you're there to get a college education. And J.D. embraced that. One of those guys that got his, his college degree, which was so important, even though he was going to return home, work in a, in a local business. When J.D. came home, he uh, ended up coaching at St. Mary's High School, and, and that's where he coaches today. And I always get a kick out of going to watch St. Mary's. I watch several teams in our area. I always watch the offensive line. And I love watching JD's kids. And naturally, along with that, Manticas and Oakdales and some of those guys that do a great job. And JD's linemen just do the little things well because that's what he did. And they're strong, strong kids. And uh, they generally play really intelligent ball. He is a good coach. On the road, coach, don't stop. I remember when his business had the challenge of actually having a, a terrible fire, and JD was trying to decide what was he going to do next. Was he going to continue on in the business, or was he going to take a different path? And I felt really honored that he came to talk with me. And you know, one of the things that I said to JD is that some of the best coaches I have known, and I viewed him as a as a great coach, were also some of the greatest teachers I've known. And I just suggested that maybe maybe he might want to go into teaching. Pointed out that some teachers, like myself, teach in a academic area, mine English, but JD's heart has always been extra big. And I suggest that he might, might want to look into teaching special ed. And there's all different levels of special ed, whether it's mild or moderate or all the way up to emotionally disturbed or, or all the other areas that are challenged. And he decided he would look into it. He visited a few places, and and I remember we talked after, and he just decided that's what he wanted to give it give a try to. You know, he really found his place, and I think kids are so lucky that he did choose to work in special ed. Of course, now he's an administrator, uh, again, still working in special ed area. And I think that says a whole lot about him. He still continues to coach at St. Mary's High School, but he understands that there are kids who who just have a greater need than most. 
they can be successful if given the right educational setting, the, the right amount of time, and the best possible teachers. And he's committed to that because he was that person. There are things that happen in all of our lives that will define who we are and who we will be. And I, I think it's um, amazingly cool that he came to Manteca High School because um, I got a chance to to work with him when he was young and then you know, get to help him down the road a little bit now that he's uh he's a he's a bit older. <laughs> Got any funny stories, Mick? I know there's a lot of funny stories that I could tell, but um, he probably has some other people telling those. I just like to tell the stories of young men that I have been blessed to to get to know and to coach, and then to help guide them a little bit or at least show some other opportunities that they might have along the way. And just as I hope I've made a difference in their lives, I can tell you that JD has has made a difference in my life because it's always fulfilling to see someone grow and uh, be in a path that was as good as any. Owning a business is a great challenge and is, is great work. But I think the path that JD chose is not just great work, it's a great calling. And that's what he has always been called to do, make a difference in other people's lives, whether it's on a football field at St. Mary's, building great men, or whether it's in the classroom, creating a place for the neediest of kids to be successful in life. So let's talk about that real quick. So Rocco's burns down on what date? I think it was uh, June 11th. 2011. God, has it been that long ago? And you had no plans outside of running that bar of ever working again past being in that bar. The bar burns down. You do some kind of soul searching and you decide to go back and do your master's. Right. And then you come out and you teach special ed and now you're a principal of a school of special ed. Yeah, principal and title. I got to get my admin right now. I just, I got to, I got to start that now, but uh, that's me. That's, that's what's going on. Wow. What a difference 11 years makes. And who'd ever thought? Did you ever think that? Were you teaching as part of St. Mary's coaching? No, never. Um, I had thought it earlier. It's crazy. I I did coach at Manteca from 1991 to 1998. Yes. So I was a Buffalo as a coach there. I loved it. It was coming home, giving back, passing on what guys like Coach Founce and Coach Walker Vick and, you know, Art Mathis, all Coach Mathis, all these guys, you know, imparted on myself. All those guys are in me in the way that I coach, in the way that I carry myself. I carried myself in business, just like my father is. I have so many, you know, when you live this long, <laughs> you have a lot of influences and, and, you know, Coach Founce was just just one of them, but he was the guy when I was soul searching and I had to go talk to him. And, you know, I didn't know what he was going to say, but everything was positive. You know, everything was, we can do this. And he got it going and and, and it was and it was great. And I'm so happy for it, for what I'm doing now. I, I really enjoy what I do. Just crazy. I mean, it just mm-hmm. really is a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. When did you get married? I see wifey out there. Yeah, so we got her coming yeah, up too. Well, How long ago was that? So you were already doing that when we did your wedding? Yeah. You were already school Yeah, we were already huh? doing that. Yeah, wow. we, we've been married uh, going on six years this year. Oh but my God. We've it's been, been six years uh, since we did the party? But we've been together for since, uh, I think it was like 1996. 
you know, my brother mentioned that earlier. That was that crazy year when that happened, uh, that devastating thing. And uh, the one good thing that happened at the end of that year is me and my wife, who were friends before that, started kind of becoming best friends. We've been best friends ever since. I mean, she's she's everything, you know. Coach, a final observation. You know, it's always funny when you get uh, a young man or, or a, a young young lady in the weight room and you're, you're doing certain drills or going through certain lifts and, and you're trying to get them to go just that extra little bit, try to, <laughs> try to just develop a little faster, but you have to go a little further to get there sometimes. And I don't know if JD will remember this, but I, I remember one time I had gone to uh, Santa Monica and I wanted to learn something about total failure workouts. And, and so I tried lifting and doing that myself and really felt, felt like it gave me some gains. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to try it with some of our, our football players. And I remember uh, JD and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the other players that we started doing some some very um, unique uh, lifting cycles, and I think JD was one of the first ones, and and his workout partner, he he may remember this, but. Um, yeah, we worked really hard yeah. on our legs uh, for quite a while, right. and uh, I, you know, I don't know if I don't know if JD was able to walk out of the weight room at that point. Yeah. But I do know one thing: he came back the next <laughs> the next day, just ready to go, right. ready to go again. And that's who JD is and was back then. Yeah. Um, boy, I, I thought I had ruined him, and I was never going to see him again. And, and if that was just the opposite. He came back stronger and better. Go ahead and tell him exactly what happened after practice. I remember it, and I think it was Jeff Tilton was a couple of years older, and I think <laughs> he might have been at Delta. And we both, and I think Jeff got sick, and I, and, and he had just came up with this. Like you said, he came back from this thing. He wanted to try it out, and it was something like you did 20 reps, and then you were done, and then he'd be like, oh, you're done? And they're like, oh, you got to get five more, and he'd help you. And I just remember sitting in my car going, I don't want to drive. I can't feel my feet. I can't feel my legs. It was just crazy. But, you know, that was coach. You know, coach was always helping the guys to get better. And and one time, and even when we went and I went and talked about this teaching idea, um, he we sat and talked for a while, and he talked about – um, some of the things that the kids back then were doing and the weights that we were that we were doing and it was it was insane we were strong and we were mentally tough and even though we didn't maybe weren't as talented as some of the teams that we played we were just tough because our coaches made us tough you're gonna get that sticker if you're gonna get right. that uh, beast on your uh, right. on beast. your helmet yeah you remember yeah. that the beast if yeah. you're gonna get a beast then yeah. thank you coach appreciate you who's next my name is ralph dominguez hey. i've known jd for over 40 years <laughs> we are unbelievable friends and i hate to say friends because he is really a brother to me true go ahead ralph what do you know to be true about jd definitely a family man he's a great husband a great father a great grandfather and uh he's a true friend a faithful friend loyal friend just the kind of person that you always want around you no ralph me and been friends a long time i mean uh brothers sisters friends family uh, <laughs> they're all coming you know my my grandson makes uh fun of me all the time he goes oh, you know so many people and i was like yeah you gotta hang out with ralph ever since we were kids er, ralph's got family or friends oh ralph yeah. can make friends with anybody he sure. is amazing yeah those are good great guys yeah, right great guys scary looking guys mm -hmm. totally opposite mm -hmm. of what you would think no this yeah you know. salty 
to the earth. They're just how about a memory? I would definitely say some of our greatest memories were back in high school playing football together, playing on the offense and defensive line. We had some unbelievable times great memories there but definitely as we got older we were able to hang out as family uh, my family his family and uh, we went on vacations together so those are some of our great great memories that i have with jd continue why is jd a treasure to manteca i would definitely say jd loves manteca and uh, he's always uh, supported manteca i know back when he had rockles that was one of the places to be it was always a place to hang out at and uh, it was almost like cheers you know everybody uh everybody knew each other and anytime you walked into that place it was like uh a reunion yeah that's true that's what it seemed like i mean the customers everybody always had something to say we had all kinds of characters amazing ralph dominguez the microphone's yours pal i would definitely have to say back in high school we were mean teenagers and uh, we had some alcohol in the car we're cruising down Main Street, heading for the country, and all of a sudden, we seen the lights behind us and heard the sirens, Uh-oh. and here comes the police. Oh, no. So we started turning down into the industrial area, Uh-oh. and JD's like, toss them out, toss them out. So Uh-oh. we're throwing all the beers out the window, and they're turning corners, and uh, next thing you know, he finally decided to pull over, and there goes two to three police officers shooting right past us. <laughs> we obviously were not the people they were chasing. Of course, we went back, picked them up, and continued out to CompConnect. Wait a second. So, so wait a second here. If you threw them out, they must not have been bottles. They were cans? I'm sure they were. So wait a second. Like the cops weren't going to see the, the cans rolling around on the industrial yeah. drive while you guys are... Yeah, I remember that. That you know, I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure everybody's depicting me as us being these uh, drinkers and stuff. My what? brother, I can't believe it. No, you mean having a keg at home when you're 18 <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and running a bar? Yeah, I know. I, well, I can't imagine it. why these uh, stories all uh, the, fo- focus yeah, around alcohol. Yeah, exactly. That was the it's, day. It's, I guess. it's strange. Yeah. Exactly. Tell me about a talent JD has that we might not be aware of. Please, well, JD definitely has. A great memory. He always remembers some of the things that we did back in the 80s, 90s. Uh, he always remembers the story, who was there, when it happened. Uh, he's got an unbelievable talent. To, he's very talented at that. Uh, but I think his number one talent is definitely his coaching abilities. He's an outstanding coach. I watch him coach many times. The kids have nothing but respect for him. He's intense. Uh, he's tough, but he's fair. All the kids love him. Uh, he's just that type of a guy. And whenever you're out there, you can see JD coaching, and uh, he loves it. It's just the passion that he has. And I take I take my hat off to people like that that could ha- be out there to coaching for so many years without a child being out there. Uh, that's pretty impressive. So I do take my hat off to him and any other coaches out there that uh, can do that. Give me a final thought, Ralph. Well, this is uh, definitely, uh, I have told JD this many times, and he knows how much I love him. He's uh, been an unbelievable friend slash brother for so many, many years. He's, you know, when you know somebody for as long as I have, and he, he, as long as we've known each other, you know, you're going to go through some ups and downs with each other and not, you know, as a uh, fighting or anything like that, but just in life, uh, you know, we've gone through, you know, happy times and sad times. And uh, uh, I lost my wife three years ago, and and uh, 
JD and Susan uh, were were by my side, uh, or by our side, I should say, uh, from the beginning. Uh, he was uh, always there for me, and you know he hurt when I hurt, and he was happy when I was happy, and uh, they were unbelievable. Um, when my wife got sick, they were always next to me. Uh, they, JD and I, would talk almost every day, and uh, he uh, got me through it. And uh, after she passed, you know they were always uh, next to me and. Always, uh, always a phone call away, and you know that's the kind of person that JD is, and you know he's, you know, unbelievable. He's a he's a he's a true friend, a true brother, and uh, I just love him so much. And you know he's uh, one of your, one of those people that I will have by my side, and hope to have by my side for the rest of my life. And uh, I love you, JD. Hey man, condolences, uh, Ralph. Your buddy Ralph Dominguez there. Yeah, Ralph, um, that's a guy, that guy's big heart. He's always had a big heart. Um, and you know, we met each other when we were teenagers, like you said, and, um, Ralph always, Ralph's intestinal fortitude is what Ralph always had. And that was the thing that I try to partake on. Um, you mean he poops good on the toilet? No, that not guy, that kind of intestinal that, fortitude. No, that guy, is that a different? No, that guy could run like a, he could run like a deer when we were younger, uh, but <laughs> You know, his, I was there. Is this part of the lineman creed we're yeah, talking about? Kind of you like guys related yeah, by yeah. the trenches? Yeah, get be tough and, and, and keep going and don't give uh, up and don't quit and finish. That's and that Manteca program. That's that, you know, finish is, that's, finish is one of my favorite words. He mentioned it and I just, real quick, um, I was there. Um, obviously, I've been there with the whole family and when they lost their mom. Yeah, and she and, was great too. And, and that was one, that was his, that was his lady and uh, that was his main, you know, and then um, to lose his wife, um, it was heartbreaking, man. It was, it's tough. Cause he's, like I said, he's just, a, he's the guy, you know, he's, he knows everybody, everybody loves him. I mean, that, she was amazing. Um, mom, she was amazing. And me and my wife just miss her. We miss her a lot. My buddy is, he's a special. He's special. All right, let's go on. Hi, my name okay. is Warren Lewis. Uh, how do I know JD? Around 34 years ago, uh, I was drinking down at the no. uh, farmer's table no. with a couple buddies, the and the table. buzz around there was the JD and his father were opening a sports bar <laughs> in town. So uh, upon opening, I went with a couple of my buddies and uh, to check it out. If you're an underclassman and you didn't know JD from football, I don't want to sound mean, but he uh, let's just say he wasn't the warmest person to, to buddy up to at first. That's a fact. And my free friends suggested that we get the hell out of there. There was a little sports bar down the street to John Banzano. <laughs> And they said, hey, let's go down there. But uh, I knew as soon as I walked in that bar that I was home. You know, I worked yeah. in Giovanni's, too, and I yeah. moved over to right. Um, right. to Isidore's right. and then all that. Yeah. split off all of that. Yeah. yeah. No, he's right, though. You he know? says the farmer's table. Yeah. He just dropped Remember that, that? shit. Yeah. Oh, so I'm over. Yeah. And he says, and then the word around town. The word around yeah. town was with Pat O'Leary, not you, you little yeah, 21-year-old yeah. punk. That farmer's table. No, he, he, you know, he's right. <laughs> um, when I first opened... Um, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't find my voice. I a lot of people used to always say that that I, I so you scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I was working there and I'm like used the word the word stuck up and all these things and <laughs> me I was always kind of a, a shy to speak uh, unless you got a game face on all the yeah, time unless it was something that I really was passionate about. So what the bar always did for me and helped me it, it helped me find my voice and, and and yeah I think a lot of people would say initially that I was a little bit 
yeah. uh, different, uh, <laughs> uh, afar, you know, but as it, I, like you said, now I people mean, grow. I talk your head off now. I people mean, I, grow. I love talking. Yeah, and I was, love people, and that's my thing. You're right about that, right. and I don't recall. You know, right. over the years, that sort of has, has been. I didn't. Yeah. Re- now that you say it, yeah. I sort of recognize. Yeah, that, now I, I, you know, I, I talk to the polit- uh, political people that come up here. I talk them. They walk away from me. I just <laughs> talk them all the way down the street. <laughs> Warren, true story. What do you know true about JD? Well, I know that once you get past the uh, the rough exterior, you have a <laughs> no bullshit kind of friend he uh he's just uh you know he's going to be there for you he's always been that way for me at, at least as far as i i'm concerned probably one of my closest friends somebody i can totally rely on he hangs around with frank uh, from fagundas too often because you know warren's got that portuguese right. he's got that thing there and it's right. what uh, th- those guys right. like he's just got off the right. boat from the azores yeah. or something he's just from Manteca. Sure. so totally. many thragines as we say yeah. in portuguese you right. know right well, you want a good uh, <laughs> Rocco story. Uh, when I first opened the bar, um, I used to get phone calls sometimes, and I would get calls from older ladies. And a lot of times, um, they were some of the customers, the younger guys, because we you know we cater to a younger crowd. And and sometimes it was the moms, I think, that were calling, and, and they were just belly aching at me. And one of the ladies, and I, I don't remember her name, but I think she worked for the police department in dispatch or something. And she used to call me quite often. But Warren took me home one time, or actually, that's not true. Warren needed a ride home. Oh, thank God. And I took him home. Thank God he, he asked for a ride home. <laughs> thank you. And I met Shirley, his mom. Oh, yeah. And um, She's a hoop. he introduced me. This is my friend, JD. And I'm like, hi, how you doing, Miss Lewis? Nice to meet you. And he went and said, she he owns Rocco's. And her face, she had this beautiful smile and everything, just looked at me, this, this glare. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Same thing happened at Billy Martinez's wedding. Warren got up there and was makes a toast, and, and he thanked me for buying a round for the wedding table. And, you know, the owner of Rocco's, and then all these ladies turned around and looked at me, and if they had daggers in their eyes, I would have been dead. But, uh, yeah, amazing times. <laughs> How about a story, Warren? Oh, no. I remember J.D. and I being invited to a, we had a, a mutual friend. He's no longer with us, but he, uh, to experience a, a Raider game from the field, uh, J.D. was like a, a fish in water. I, on the other hand, I kind of stood out like a sore thumb. <laughs> and J.D.'s a Washington Redskins fan, but as, as soon as we got there, he wanted to use the, the, the head, the, the, the men's room that, they, that was in the dugout for the Oakland A's because he's a huge Oakland A's fan. And he was like a kid in a candy store. He just... He was like, oh, my God, all, when you think of all the people that have used this bathroom before for, for decades, I was like, man, I wonder what the hype's about. And I went in there, and it pretty much looked like uh, the the worst yeah. gas station bathroom you could ever find well, in Tijuana. And I was like, I'm not really getting the hype. And so we're there for a while, and then, uh, and then I... Uh, I have no idea where JD's at. Well, he's kind of blending in like a chameleon. He's with all the coaches, and all of a sudden, I get some guy come up and say, "Hey, uh, what are you doing on the field? You're not supposed to be here." So I finally see JD, and I walk up. I was like, "Hey, uh, I think we're getting k- kicked off." And he gives me this look like, uh, "We? Do I even know you?" <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty pretty good memory right there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Why is JD a treasure to Manteca? Um, 
I don't know if it's just because we're getting older, but it seems like uh, it seems like our generation was the last one that had respect or morals or anything that you learned from your parents or or the Andy Griffith Show for that for that matter. Well, that's JD's true. a treasure because to this day he coaches the youth. He's uh, in in a, a sport that he's very passionate about, and he's been doing that for pretty much as long as as I've known him. He just uh, he's it's something he's very passionate about, and he he works with these young kids, and he's good at what he does. And when he was a businessman in town, if there was anything, if there was anybody, a, a somebody that we went to school with or just a, a good friend, a Manteekin that needed anything. He was always there for benefit dinners, for, for pretty much anything that, that uh, if, if you needed his help, he was there. He, he just, uh, he's definitely, he's definitely a treasure to Manteca. I got to take time to say, Warren, man, you're a hell of a linguist, man. You really got a great speaking voice and pretty clear train of thought. And mm-hmm. yeah, he, that's, boy, yeah. he's a, that's he's got east, the gift of gab. Yeah, I think better than you. That's that East Coast, you know, from him. He, he grew up over there when he was about five, I think they came out yeah, here. But yeah, right. he's kind of carried that. You can still kind of hear it when he talks, his little accent. Tell me a funny story about J.D. Oh, man, where do I start? There's so many of them. Let me think. Uh, years ago, J.D. and I had a, a third roommate that lived with us, and he was quite a bit older than us. You and Warren were roommates? Yeah, how about that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was oh. crazy. Yeah. And you made it out. Both of you made it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see you two. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. my uh, Years ago, J.D. and I had a, a third roommate that lived with us, and he was quite a bit older than us. And he had a bad habit of drinking himself into an alcoholic coma. And then he would disrobe and just before passing out in the front living room, he would uh, he just kind of take yeah take his clothes off and just pass out in, the, in, in right right in the living room. So as soon as you walked in the door, <laughs> and it was a sight. I'll probably have nightmares tonight just thinking about this. But uh, it got to the it was a ritual to where before uh, JD or I could even enter the house, especially if we had company, he had to go in a couple minutes prior and kind of secure the area because nobody really wanted to see it. I'm not, not going to mention any names, but he, he it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty sight. That, <laughs> That was uh, that was just one of many many memories. I listened to that thing twice, and I thought he said you were the one that was disrobing. I just no, realized no, no, there's a third was a, roommate. The there. Third roommate, yeah, oh, he, was, okay. he was an older guy. Uh, <laughs> they used to come in, and he needed a place to stay, and so we took him in, and yeah, it was oh, amazing. Oh wow, yeah, he was very he was a very neat guy. Oh but my goodness! Then he would do that, and we're like, what the <laughs> heck is this guy's issue? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about a talent that JD has that we might not be aware of. Actually, that's a pretty easy one. Uh, What's he going to say to me? He's probably going to say something about my big head or something like that. We, he, me and him no, have the he, same size head. No, he TV. did. I got. What are you? What are you rocking over there? Because I'm rocking. Uh, I'm rocking an eight. I do. Yeah, I'm rocking an eight over here. So don't try to take the big head uh, no, no, trophy saying, away from me. We've here. always teased each other about that forever. You don't know what he's going to say. No. Tell me about a talent that JD has that we might not be aware of. Actually, that's a pretty easy one. Uh, not a lot of people know this, and wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it myself if I hadn't seen it with my own two eyes on a couple occasions well my one eye on uh, on a couple occasions I know JD is he, he's not exactly petite but he can do the splits <laughs> better than Mary Lou Retton and to see a man his size do it it's something to see it oh, was yeah. uh, been, been impressed I've won a lot of money because of it because he just does not look like the gymnast type but yeah that uh, that is definitely uh, a talent not too many people are aware of you know I can shift the cameras away over to the floor over there if you no, wanted to I've whip out bad. some splits no, that's alright I'm a little older now Antica splits. Yeah, the Antica splits. Yeah, I told your dad that he goes, I could do that too. Yeah, my dad, that's where my dad used to do it, and he used to always te- you know tell me, hey, you better watch it. You gotta watch your hips. Yeah, but yeah, my, I did it at my graduation, and my grandmother thought I fell. 
So, <laughs> what would you like to say to him, Warren? In 34 years, we've had a lot of great times. Uh, from the day they opened the doors at Rocco's till they burn off the hinges, had great times. But unfortunately, we've also lost some really good friends. And uh, I've stood beside JD at the back of St. Anthony's Church or be at the back of uh, Fry, Fry's Funeral Parlor more times than I can remember. And uh, before the day that is eventually, I'm sure, going to happen, well, there's only going to be one of us sitting at the back of the yeah. one of those two places. Yeah. I just like to say that that I just I love him like a brother. I went to seeing him every day to not seeing him, but maybe a handful of times a year. But I know that he's somebody that if I ever called, I know he would be there. He's just like a brother, and I, I just I love him like he's a brother, and that's why I think that he is definitely a, a treasure to Manteca. Oh, I hear the sirens. Here comes your ride, Warren. Thank you. <laughs> Exit that way, my friend. Right. Who's up? My name is Jeff Razzo. I'm the uh, warehouse manager at an Indian gaming casino in Southern California. JD's a uh, good son, tries to be a good father, excellent teacher, and an honest, overall honest man. Always willing to help people, always willing to uh, donate his time, money, whatever it takes. Tell me about a memory you got with him. Give me a great personal memory that you have or about JD. JD, um... We grew up kind of kind of the same, middle class. JD always has nice things. His dad really uh, liked to have nice things, nice cars. But you know, JD, JD was always real level head. I, I, don't, I don't think his parents were affluent or had tons of money, but his dad liked nice cars, nice house, swimming pool. But JD was always real grounded when we were kids growing up. He did have the nicer car and he did have the nicer stereo. But he was always uh, real grounded. We, we were friends with kids from all aspects of the spectrum, low-income kids, uh, middle-class kids, kind of like us. Not too many rich kids. Jeff, don't stop. Why is J.D. a treasure to Manteca? J.D. was a uh, small business owner. You know, he worked hard in the business community. He coached football at Manteca. I think, you know, he would still be coaching Manteca High, but the political issues of the day, you know, kind of dampened that. You know, he's been coaching at St. Mary's for over 20 years now, I think. But, you know, it's kind of it's kind of sad because I think he would he would rather be coaching Manteca. I could be wrong. I wish he was coaching in Manteca, that being our alma mater. Hmm. But, you know, as a small business owner, you know, he did. He employed people. Uh, he gave back to the community. Um, he held parties, special events at his at his business. You know, he, he did do everything he could to give back. The bar burning down was the only way they were going to get me out of it. Um, let me go at Manteca was the only way that I was going to get let, that was going to happen. And it's it's true now where I'm working and what I'm doing as a coach at St. Mary's. All right, Jeff, you fire hot, buddy. Keep it on. Tell me a funny story about JD. As we were kids, I think maybe we're, we're in college, probably going to junior college. Uh, I think we're dating girls in Tracy, something like that. And we ran out of we ran out of gas on the was the five eighty or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. On the way to Tracy, I wanna say. Maybe it's the way home from Tracy. We ran out of gas. And we'd both been drinking and God. Imagine and, uh, that. having a good time. But we walked literally walked along the side of the freeway for almost I'd say a mile. We walked into a Denny's he had to use a payphone, called his brother. Yeah. His brother yeah. was mad, pissed off, because he had to come get us or bring us gas. But it was funny, because he had been out on this date, and, and I, I don't remember this why he was out on this date, but we were sitting there in this restaurant. Oh, my God. And we're talking, and 
reminiscing the night, <laughs> and he reaches into his pocket. He and didn't I won't go tell there. What he pulled out, uh, he didn't but it was a very, very funny story. I'm not going to even <laughs> ask you. You can, you can either bring it or you cannot. We can move right you on. You know, I haven't even explained Jeff. Jeff's one of my best <laughs> friends. You know, I, I, he's one of my besides Brian Salee, who is God bless him, is no longer with us. Um, those guys, those are my guys. Uh, growing up, we did a lot of crazy things together. Oh no, you know, and and we and we've always had each other's back in one way or the other. That's but. right. He didn't give it up on you, so no. It, it's going to go to I, your Jeff. We, we always tease Jeff. Listen, the funny thing about Jeff is, I told you before, Jeff's mom worked at Mendoza, and the one thing that I always loved about it is during the spring they'd come out, and I think it was the news or the bulletin, and they'd do a you know a thing for Fashion Week or whatever. Absolutely, and he was the model oh. with their pants and everything. He was hilarious. God, I love John and I. Lee Mendoza, miss right. them too. Man. Oh, good people. All of those people. Good people. Tell me a talent JD has that we might not be aware of. JD can detail a car like nobody's business. <laughs> you already JD said that. could yeah. uh, do the tires, the, the rims, yeah. do wash it. Yeah. Dashboard always was like yeah. was like a mirror uh, in JD's yeah. cars. JD could detail a car. When we were kids. You rolled your ass in here just now when you got home from being the principal. You pulled in, (laughs) puts it slowly in reverse and backs the truck right up Uh, to the garage. Spotless, not a speck of dust. The thing I was thinking of was him saying how you detailed the car. You say how dad taught you. Jeff Razzo, a final thought. You know, I've moved away. I moved away to Southern California in uh, 1986. So, you know, it was, uh, we always maintained our friendship, you know, especially like through the bar. He had the bar there. So it was a place I can go visit my parents and get away and go see him and my friends uh, from Manteca. And we still do that. We still get together uh, every time I go up. Been to my house plenty of times. We've had uh, great parties here and there. Um, he's, uh, he's a good, loyal friend. We've been friends since we were 16 years old. Um, he's been loyal. Now, you know, usually a lot of friends, you know, you stop calling him, you stop seeing him out of high school, whatever. We were all, he's a good, loyal friend. He's maintained our friendship for years. Like, he has a lot of old friends that he still maintains a friendship with from high school. Um, you know, and it's, it's, uh, he's, he's a good guy. And uh, I enjoy spending time with JD. Thank you, bud. Hmm. Jeff Razzo. You can always find my friends. Uh, like you said earlier, my dad calls me Junior. Then there's those people that call me Jerry. And then there was a point where I became JD. My mom. Is he JD? Is he? Oh, mom was JD. No, my mom named me JD oh, because yeah. I was going out for football and she was afraid there was going to be another Jerry Dean Willis out there. And they asked, wear t shirts. So she wrote JD Willis on my shirt and it's stuck. And it's been that way until. I started teaching, and then I, you know, I used my first name now. But uh, yeah, just call him Jerry now. <laughs> He's no longer JD. No, nah, JD's me. That's that's that's, that's, that's like I said. You can date me by that Jerry, name. man, Jerry <laughs> Junior. My dad said, "Hey, we got to have a name. What's the name going to be?" And it's like uh, I don't know. We started thinking, and I said, "What do you think about Rocco's?" And he said, like, "What do you mean?" And he go, I go, "Well, one of my friends from college calls me that." And he goes, that's pretty good. And so we, we threw that out there and decided that was going to stick. My dad one day, he said, why did they call you Rocco? And I was like, eh, I got in a couple of fights when I was in, uh, in college at different times. And one of my roommates just started calling me that. Show for Rocky? 
I don't know where you got that from, Fight. but he, he just picked that maybe. Hey, yo, Rocco. Yeah, and he, he picked that out, and then my dad was oh. like, you know, and if anybody remembers when Rocco's was around and first started, there's sometimes we would have some, uh, some altercation. Yeah, and uh, my dad said, dang, J.D., that name, I think, jinxed the bar. But anyway, <laughs> had yeah. nothing to do with all the alcohol, yeah, the way people and the way people yeah. act when they get a little and too much being alcohol. Really, really busy. Who's next? This is Doug Caresco. It's oh. about JD Willis. Uh, I'm a good friend of JD. Coached football with JD for over 20 years at St. Mary's High School. Mm, who's this guy? Ah, uh, Doug's Doug's uh, coaching wise, probably one of my best friends. Um, I've been with him uh, for 20 years. He's a big reason why I stay where I'm at. Um, I'm comfortable with him. He's our offensive coordinator at St. Mary's. He's also a businessman, so he understood uh, way back when I first started. You know, when I had my business, he he's a he built houses. He's a farmer. He kind of does everything. Doug's got tremendous energy. How about a personal memory? He's one of one of a kind. He's a true friend. I met him coaching football. We've had a long friendship off the field forever. Our families and whatnot. How about a talent, maybe unique? Unique way of telling stories. He's got a memory like an elephant. He's one of the funniest guys I know. Um, he's a, a great mentor to his players. His players, he's got players on his phone that they text back and forth years after they've graduated. And I know they, you know, they go to him for advice. Again, he's a very, very funny guy and a very unique guy. Why do you keep doing football? Are you getting tired of it at all? Or just, mm, you just no. have to, is that part of what you got to do to round out what you're doing now? I have always felt that I have to impart, you know, I have a daughter and my daughter lives up in Idaho, but um, I, I've always considered since I was 23 and I started coaching that these are my boys. As I'm getting older, they're more, they're more like my grandsons, but um, it, there's been a tremendous amount of them. And like they, like these guys said, and like Coach Fount said, I've always, I've always gravitated towards the O-line. And I mean, I was an O-lineman, I was small. But I have a certain way with guys. I'm not, and I, this special ed thing and this football thing, it's all, it's all comes together. It's made me a better coach. It's made me more patient. That's one of the things that I love about coaching football is teaching kids to be patient for the process, to teach them the fundamental skills like my father taught me and my brother, those things that stick with you forever. And that's what, for me, that's why I love the game so much is football is about learning fundamentals and building upon them. That's one of my things. I, I get, you know, in the, why, why I stick around St. Mary's because I've been state, coaching with the same guys for freaking 20 years. You know, Doug's a big part of it, but, you know, Coach Franks is a tremendous head coach. All the guys, I just, I just love it. How about something funny, Coach? I could tell you some stories of JDs, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think they're, uh, oh, <laughs> they're okay to say out loud. Oh. So, um, Come on, man. <laughs> Final thought then. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else to say about the guy other than he's a great guy, great storyteller, great memory, great family guy. And uh, I'm really glad he's my friend, and I'm sure he'll be you know, a friend for a lifetime. Thanks. Tell me about meeting your wife. Well, um, actually, she used to play on my girls' softball team. Um, one of my friends. Uh, of coach. Yeah, way back when. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, the uh, Rocco's had a softball team, guy team, and one of my friends, Rena. Euchre asked, you know, if I wanted to sponsor a girls team and she kind of put it together and Sue happened to be on the team and, you know, and Sue played for a few years and 
it was like, there was like I said there was a point in 96 I think I was at Manteca I was coaching I was running the weight room our 15 year class reunion was coming up Rena wanted to get in shape so she said can I come and work out and I said yeah the guys the kids are done at this time yeah come over so we would work out and um, I think Sue came Rena, along for a workout yeah Rena was telling her what a great way Atta to boy. burn off some energy and uh, boy. yeah and she came and she and uh, it's probably the best lifting partner and y'all been around. burning energy ever since huh? pretty much yeah so bring her in I'm Susan Willis Hi, Susan. I am JD Willis's wife <laughs> and I've known him for 26 plus years <laughs> seems like forever but a good forever <laughs> what do you know to be true about JD I know that he is very compassionate about what he does no matter if it comes to family friends pet work or play uh, he's very giving loving and sometimes very stubborn um he just cares about everybody uh, the dogs let's introduce the dogs yeah we've heard them here a couple of yeah. times who do we got here we well, got a boxer we got uh, our old boxer roxy roxy's uh 15 and a half wow uh ginger um we lost one of our uh pets uh, a couple of years ago and we picked her up at uh, a shelter in stockton and rescued her and she's a little terrier that's ginger and then six months ago we heard a kitten meowing behind our house and uh, we're not really cat people we've always been dog people and we've seen this mama cat must have left the kit, kitten there and we kind of rescued it and our daughter-in-law helped us and it, we've tried to get rid of it a few times but now he thinks he's a dog and he's, he's part of the family if anybody wants to get rid of a cat dump it here near the parks and rec it'll <laughs> yeah. make it over to yeah, the jd <laughs> uh, sanctuary and everything will be fine uh memory my great memories with him are going on trips watching him with the grandkids coaching talking about uh, his kids at school about five years ago he planned a very successful fundraiser for her sick granddaughter and he was just awesome he just everyday things are great memories that you don't really think about Go on. he has been in manteca since his early t teens and a business owner for 20 plus years and he still cares about what is happening to manteca and the surrounding community he wants everything to be a better place he has very fond and vivid stories about growing up here so he just cares you ever think about city politics i've thought about it one of my friends god it'd be easy skip to the media yeah right there huh every you know they tell you about you know that what we ignore we encourage you know you know and, some special education on those people up right. in the up in the city council office and probably uh, you could probably right. help out over there yeah there's some things i mean they know my number i call up there all the time and every time i got a bellyache you know about something but what do you bellyache about <sighs> just the way things have changed you know the parks you know are, are not as as they were when we were kids um I, I i find it difficult that you can't even go into the bathrooms they weren't clean like they were then I mean, they were and i'm not saying that's a city thing i mean sure it's a it, it's just the i think somebody said it earlier it's just the way that people are now and it, and it like i said i've grown up here when it was you know what fifteen thousand people susan does he have a talent we don't know about well if you don't know him very well he has a very uncanny ability to remember things <laughs> from the past quotes from old movies songs who sung them when they came out what album number everything about it 
football games from high school and who played in them and what happened in the game and who the opponent was and what the score was. He just, he can remember all of that. It's kind of amazing. (laughs) Give me a final thought. He has a lot of perseverance. When the bar burned down, he went back to school, got his master's and kind of reinvented himself. And now he's a principal at a special needs school and he just he's excited about it it's a lot of work and he just he's just awesome he reinvented himself the new improved former owner of Rocco's is now a school administrator for Mm -hmm. special needs kids yeah and that's the reason he's been on this podcast right and most of the reason for all this stuff is because of her what what would you like to say to uh all the folks that used to patronize your business (sighs) i miss them i miss there's a lot of times people ask, why don't you open up another bar? Yeah. Why don't you? I've thought about it. When you're done being a principal. Like I said earlier, you know, it's like it was time, you know, and, and as, as sad as that is to Everything say, runs out. Right. And it was like, I miss all my buddies and I, I got to see them from time to time. I don't get to see them as much as, as, I, as I would like. Sure. But I had so many fond memories. And there was that one that I said earlier, one of my really good friends, Dan, when he passed and like when one of my friends, other older guys, Fred, he's actually Fred sold us this house. He moved away. When you start losing those kind of guys, you know, it just got to go. Sometimes you just got to go a different way. But for me, it's like, I've never had a quit or a quitter's mentality. That's not a quitter's mentality. No, Warren you know said what? it best. The hinges burnt off the door. Yeah, place. yeah, to burn it down for me to leave. And you know what? I sulked for a while. I came home, my wife, you know, we dealt with it. And it was like losing a loved one. That bar sure. meant everything to us. Sure. And um, I was going to, I was, I, I was looking everywhere. I was going to find a place. But then my wife said, you sure at 48 or 49, whatever is the time, uh, you want to redo this again? Not with this generation of kids now. No, no I mean, when I was way. 26, it was different, you know, but all of a sudden it was like... Kids have goes, changed. She reminded me of one conversation I had probably way before. She goes, what about teaching? And she's the one that put the idea. And I was like, teaching, that means I can still coach. That's why... That's why we did that. I don't think we even have scratched the surface yet of what you're going to do. This is, we're still on the, no, we're, still we're still on the backside. You're going, you got another good 10, I bet. Yeah, I'm still going. I, That's I'm crazy. Gonna, I, I always tell the kids, I mean, I may retire from the teaching thing, but coaching, they're going to have to drag me off of there. I love it. I love, we're getting ready. We just started spring ball this morning at six o'clock. You know, I loved it. I can't wait till August. Every August, I tell my wife, I'll see you in December. You know, and that's, that's the way I feel about it. Jerry Dean Willis Jr. JD from Rocco's. Now, Principal Jerry Willis. Yeah, that's me. Mr. Willis. Congratulations on all that. It's great to see you, and uh, I appreciate you being on my podcast. Thanks for having me in your home. I I appreciate you letting me say this. I think the one thing, and just real quick, I don't want to end it, but we never got to say goodbye to that bar the way it should have been, the way it was. And This would be a great uh, opportunity. For me, it was just, I had to walk away from it, but I think my brother said something. It was interesting. I've talked to a few people uh, that got married and that met in that bar. And there was a couple, they said that they celebrated their anniversary when the bar was burnt down. They brought a couple of bar stools and sat where that bar would have been. And they took pictures. And those are kind of things that make me happy because that's what that kind of place was. It was a period of time in this small little community that you know brought a bunch of people together. And I miss them all. Sometimes things come to an end. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. It wasn't the end for you. Good on you, JD. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. You bet, bud.